Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Tailgating. Tailgates. Yeah, tailgating's always a blast. Yeah! It's time to start your Raider football day with the morning tailgate with your hosts, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang on Raider Nation Radio. Hello, good morning, and welcome to Raider Nation Radio's Morning Tailgate. It's a Funk Tuesday. Hello, everybody. Clay Baker here with you alongside Vinny Bonsignor. We've got a great show lined up for you today of all days on the Funk Tuesday. Jason Fitz joins us 8 o'clock. We'll also get in touch with our Broncos side going a little behind enemy lines. Benjamin Albright from KOA, he will join us at 9 o'clock. And we'll also do some footage on the Raiders with Tape Don't Lies Marcus Johnson at 9.30. is the Salmon Ash text line. You reach us here on Twitter at RNR 9.20 a.m. And on the phones on the Realty One group listener line 702-365-9200 here on a beautiful and perfect Tuesday here on RNR 9.20 a.m. Heidi will join us at the end of the week. Can't wait to talk to Heidi and get in touch with her. Uh, we will get in touch with... Everybody, though, on, on today's show as we go over the final remnants of the 53-man roster. And I have tickets, 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 tickets to give away for WWE Money in the Bank. Put the money in the bank. We got tickets for that as well as a four-pack for NBA Summer League. Good any day here on Raider Nation Radio. So we'll give those away throughout the show. Good morning, Vinny. How are you? I'm doing good, Clay. How's everybody doing? How are you doing? Hey, man. Good, thanks. I, I'm just never, I'm still kind of marveling at the way you woke up this morning. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, I, I've never known... Um, I, I know it happens, but I just didn't know it happened you know, out in southern Nevada yet where you would wake up and you would find... A snake in the bathroom. <laughs> yes, that was my wake-up call uh, this morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, so uh, stepping out of the shower and kind of, what? wait, what is that over there? <laughs> sure enough, it was a snake. Um, tiny little, it looked like a baby snake. Um, was able to neutralize it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're able to. Uh, I think Max uh, Crosby would be uh, happy with me uh, this morning. Um, sure, yeah, you, you just you, you kept it in the zone. You didn't want to destroy it completely. Uh, yeah. uh, but but you uh, you were that able to like to corral seen. it. <laughs> that remains to be seen. Uh, and it's somewhere uh, on a ridge uh, in Henderson um, <laughs> right now. <laughs> he took that thing. Thanks to my wife. It. My wife helped out, by the way. Oh, really? She she's level headed. Uh, she was level headed. Yeah. Oh, I was. I was a little freaky. It is freaky. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, you know, it takes a second to process it. Like, wait a minute, is that a snake <laughs> in my bathroom? Um, I doing a little bit of research. Uh, I guess it's somewhat normal. It's extremely hot here uh, right now and humid as well. And so snakes, obviously, um, they can't control their body temperature so they need water they need you know they need to cool off basically like we all do uh, sure. this time of year and so you know pipes and things like that are um 
attractive for uh, for these snakes. So how do you think it got in there? Do you think it was like through the toilet or through the? I don't know. The, we're actually showering with this. That's, you know, that becomes reptile? the great unknown. That's where <laughs> once you once you know the uh, immediate disaster is averted and um, you know the the snake is has exited the home. Then oh, you start. Then God. the mind starts racing. Like, okay, how the heck did this thing get in here? And how many more snakes might there right. be? Where are the other snakes? Where are the other? Is there a mother snake uh, that's looking for, you know, uh, her baby snake? And yeah, mad right now. Right, right. A upset. It, right, right. You don't Going want to for revenge. Sure. Um, the Liam Nielsen of snakes. Like, yes. I want my other snake back. Was it a one and done? Um, <laughs> is it a, a precursor to bigger problems and bigger issues? Uh, these are questions that. Obviously, you're going to be answered, um, you know, in the in the immediate future, Clay. And uh, there's only one answer I want right now. Right. No more snakes. No that's more snakes. Get, let's stop all that nonsense, because uh, that's not a way to wake up. I'll tell you that right now. No, it's not. It's it it, it it's funny because even on, I had to look it up too because <laughs> I was like I was thrown by it. I was like, oh wow, because you know it. I could think in like more temperate areas of the world. All right, yeah, snakes will. They find their way into like the washing machine and all yeah. that stuff. I mean, I've, I've seen it all. I've pulled out, uh, you know, uh, pairs of socks and stuff, thinking it was like, oh, okay, it was some shriveled up T-shirt over here. No, it's it's a gardener snake. But uh, out here, it's a little different. But at the same time, I'm looking it up, and like the first thing it says, you should probably immediately call pest control. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> did I, that go in your mind? Or like, no, we, no, let's no, get no. some people out here. You know, no, and I'll tell you why because um, you know they're probably stressed uh, anyway to the limit. Um, agencies like that. That uh, and I, I, I'm that I'm that type of guy that I don't like getting that look. Like, you, you called me for this. <laughs> this is what you called me for. You know, like I'll try to, even though I'm, you know, uh, I've got two left hands and all that type of stuff. When it comes to certain things, I'm gonna at least try yeah. uh, to solve the problem <laughs> with the help of my wife. Um, uh, you know, at least try to solve the problem because I don't like that look. Like I'm the guy that you know, you go into the auto shop or something like that, and they give you that look, like. Yeah, the button is over here. You press Seriously? this button and it unlocks. Yeah. That's you know, they, they're like, all right, I didn't know that. You yeah, know, I'm not reading the manual day right. and night. And they give you that look like, is it eight cylinders or six cylinders? I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Right? <laughs> Isn't it there in just, the computer? Just you know, you you take care of that. I come to you for that help. You want to know about the Raiders? You want to know about the NFL? <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy to come to. You know, I'll, I'll 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 get you straightened out. But when it comes to things like that, you know, I I obviously you got to lean on other people. But in a situation like that, I didn't want to rouse somebody. Um, you know, I'm sure they're a 24 seven operation, uh, but still, I didn't want somebody to <laughs> come all the way over to the house for a little baby snake. Like I figured, okay, in this in this instance, um, you know, uh, I, I could take care. Now, if it was any bigger. <laughs> I'm not. There's all bets are off at that point. Like I'm. Right. I'm not sure I would be here right now. I might still be locked up in that bathroom, like me, just w- in a stare down <laughs> with that snake, trying to figure out what, what, what my next move is. Um, yeah. yeah, you guys are like uh, squaring off on uh, yeah. like the OK Corral. Like, all right, who's going to make the first move? Exactly. And you know the, what the irony of it uh, is. They are more scared of us than we are. Well, I don't know if they. I would hope so. Yeah, because no, uh, that's, that's what they say anyway. Yeah, they make you feel good. Like, oh, you know, don't you worry about that tarantula. Yeah, They're just as scared of you. He's petrified right yeah. now. You know, so uh, you have control of this situation. Uh, but that's to me, you know, when when I read stuff like that, it's like, oh no, it doesn't hurt him. How do you know it doesn't hurt him? Like, you know, well, it doesn't hurt, you know, when you slaughter the uh, cow to make your hamburgers. Like, <laughs> really? Did you yeah. talk to the cow to find out 
that it was painless, you know. <laughs> and how are they even going to tell you? They're dead by that time. Like, sure. how, you know, so. You can say it because you can't prove it. But that cow looked like it had, uh, you know, plenty of nerve endings that there would be some pain. I would think so. I would think so. So, uh, anyway. But the that's... snake was like, a, that, that was the greatest wake-up call of all time. Because even I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. How do I? Because I'm, I'm, like, preparing for the snake now. And yeah. I, hey, here's the thing, um, you know, when, when, when I saw you this morning, I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, here's a, um, uh, a longtime resident of Las Vegas. He should know, you know, and so that was like, <laughs> you know, I was figuring that I was going to get some advice from you. Like, oh, no, that happens. Don't even worry about it. But no, Clay. No, I'm. What the hell? Seriously? <laughs> I've never heard of that. I'm like, what? That makes it even worse. I I Give me some reassurance here, Clay. Yeah. I'm like, we're at the desert, Southern Nevada snakes. Is this happening? Uh, text us at 69187 if this has happened to you in Southern Nevada, where like all of a sudden you wake up and there is a snake in the bathroom. Right. Because this is a very arid climate, after a certain time uh, of the year, you're like, nobody, no snakes are coming out into the house. But I could be wrong. Yes. I, I, I just have not seen it yet after all these years. By the way, 50-50 on um, whether going to Google is a good idea or not. Because you could, you know, you're either, um, you know, uh, you're, you're, you're either, your nerves are, <laughs> I'm still a little nervous. No, either, either your nerves are, you know, alleviated, like all that is alleviated, or it just increases. Like, you know, now you could, I might have, according to some site, I might have like a uh, a whole harvest of net of, of snakes in my house somewhere that I don't know about, you know. And this could be a a longstanding <laughs> problem. They may have taken snakes may have taken over my house, Clay. At this <laughs> yeah, point, right. according to some sites, it's like when you have like a you know a pain in your side, let's say, and you go to Google to find you know pain in my side. Forget it, you're dying tomorrow. So you know you know might it. as well just tough it out rather than seek out advice on the internet because. Uh, by the time you're done, you're going to be, um, you know, updating your will, you know, saying <laughs> yeah, your final right. goodbyes. Can you know, I get making, the last rights yes, here? Yes, you know, call, mom, <laughs> I haven't heard from you, you know, or whoever, a friend, I haven't heard from you in, in months. What do I tell you that, you know, hey, uh, remember that argument that we had back <laughs> yeah, in right. 1986? It was my fault. I'm sorry. Uh, why are you doing that? I don't know. I'm going to die tomorrow, right, according right. to Google. So. I, I looked at WebMD, and now yes. uh, yeah, I'm going to lose my foot. Right. Yeah, my doctor told me, stop looking at Google, because you yes. you're know you coming in here, and you're getting all wound up over nothing. Right. But I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not a hypochondriac, but I, it looked pretty serious, you know? Like, right. So I, I figured, well, go ahead. why not go to them? He's like, talk to me. Text me. Do anything you want, but just don't go to Google, because you don't know what you're looking for, right. and they're going to give you worst-case scenarios. But on the other hand, <laughs> doctors can be a little bit blasé as well, too, on, you know, delivering serious news and stuff like that. This might sound a little bit morbid, but, uh, I, you know, it's, it was it was 30-some-odd years ago. So with my father, my father died of a, of a brain tumor, right? So I remember going to a, 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 a doctor's visit with him, and, um, you know, very nonchalantly, the, the, the doctor is like, uh, you know... <laughs> Best case scenario, you know, and and you know, and it was like we're talking about a short period of time, like five years maybe. And I'm like, wait, did you just say five? Like, and it was like, you know, but we'll get you on a program. And it was like so oh, natural man. for them, and so like kind of nonchalant, like they don't freak out, you know. But it's 
I, I would like a little bit more freak out than that. Than, yeah. than just, you know, putting that like, you know, like, like I need a little bit more than that. Than just like, you know, uh, oh, and, and by the way, I'm going to have tacos for lunch, by the way. You know, like <laughs> it's just like this natural kind of conversation that they're having. And you're going, this is you you just d- dealt me like this devastating yeah. bit of news right You here. haven't slept for days. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're expecting urgency and like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, but uh, so, you know, anyway, but yeah, there's a fine line between that. There's a fine line between freaking yourself out. Uh, by going to Google and just the sort of, and I don't want to say nonchalant by doctors, but they're so programmed to delivering, you know, good, bad news that uh, without any level of high <laughs> or low, it's just pretty much right there in the middle, right there in the good middle. or bad. Yep. Um, and there's no real solace. There's no real, you know, you need a hug, <laughs> you know, why don't you sit down over here? Let's, let's, let's talk, you know, it's just, you know, but that's how they're trained to do it. So there's a little bit of fine line there too. As oh, well. there is. And if you've ever, um, if you've ever married anybody in the medical profession, uh, my ex-wife was a, um, or is an ICU neuro nurse. She's moved on and done other things now. But it's like at the time, uh, I was grilling some uh, like a uh, top sirloin on this uh, this grill outside, and I bring it in, and I take like the first bite, and it looks beautiful. We're having a great dinner, just her and I, and I like the first bite gets like caught in my esophagus, so it's like I can breathe, but I can't swallow anything, and oh. I, I I never had that happen, so I was starting to to uh, I was freaking out. I, I I was trying to play it off because I was looking at her cues, and she was like. If you're breathing, you're fine. Yeah, that whole yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, you know, that's that doesn't. It sounds you're downplaying the issue here a little bit. I was in the bathroom for like 12 hours until uh, she went to work, and she was telling a, a doctor there, and he was like, "Oh my God, you got to get him in here immediately. How come you didn't notice that he probably has a right. you know a stricture in his esophagus? Of, you know, this happens all the time." And when I did go to the doctors, they were like, "Oh yeah, we do about 12 of these a night. Oh wow, you know, we pull out meat out of you guys all the time because you guys don't chew." You just you just reminded me of a, uh, a, a I just told my daughter this uh, story over the weekend um, and uh, and and it's it has to do with my cousin in New York uh, Amy Amy Amasi one of my best friends uh, in the world and so she's she she's in the you know psychiatry uh, world and everything like that or had been at that time um, so she she's she's dating this guy right who uh, had this thing with going to restaurants to eat he couldn't do it he just. There was all sorts of various issues on why he couldn't do it, eating with other people. Oh, yes. You know, the cleansiness of the, of the you know, forks and the plates. Oh, I've known utens- people like that. That's a serious issue. It's yeah. a serious issue. So she finally gets him to a point. She's like, it's going to be okay. You know, don't worry about it. I'll be there with you. Let's- you like the food. Because she's also, I love restaurants. I'm dating yeah. a guy that doesn't <laughs> like to go to restaurants. It's like a major thing here for me, personally. So selfishly, I need this guy to get over his little deal, you know? So, um so she finally convinces them to go to a restaurant. They go to a restaurant in New York City. Everything's going it's crowded at the restaurant. Everything's going great, you know. Uh, he's slowly but surely, you know, settling down and relaxing. And maybe he could pull this off. Honest to God, Clay, as God is my witness and Amy's witness as well. <laughs> the table next to them, some guy starts choking on Ooh. something. All right. Oh, Heimlich maneuver. The you know the paramedics have to come. He's pulled out on a stretcher and everything like that. And he's <laughs> over here. This guy that was freaked out about going to restaurants, watching this whole thing unfold, looking at her like well, I told you know. And she's like, Oh my! How, what are the chances <laughs> of something like this happening right now? Where See, this is yeah, why I don't go is, out. We're going back home to eat. You know. So that was that. You know. They obviously the relationship 
ended pretty much right there that night. But can you imagine the odds of that happening? Like, like literally that kind of <laughs> emergency situation. We don't even know if the guy lived or died. I have no idea. Um, right, but, he, he's evident. You know, he's stroking out. You know, and next thing you know, he gets pulled out. And uh, you know, what what does anyone to think? Where you try to like you nudge somebody through the door, everything's going to be okay. The, the next time to, will be better. Yeah, the, this was just a start. <laughs> it's best to get this part out of the way because right. this is very unusual. The next time, there's not going to be anything like this at all. So. See, he had the chicken piccata. You were going to have the lasagna. Right. It's a big difference. Yes, <laughs> you know, no bones, no, right. uh, you know, just so uh, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know how we got off on from snakes. To, uh, to I, what do they even call it? I wonder what that uh, ailment is called when you when you have a phobia about going to restaurants. It's a serious one, or unless you're just like, hey, you know what? I don't like spending money, and I'm going to come that, up with something. I'm going to make some uh, garbage up so I don't have to spend money. Yes, cheapitis, yeah. I think, is what it's uh, referred to. Uh, but yeah, no, this was straight. There were a bunch of complications, you know, uh, that his mind, um, you know, uh, convinced him that that eating at restaurants was a was a bad thing. And of well, course, I tell so. you what, we work with people that also have phobias of uh, of stuff that's pretty similar to that, where, you know, um, they don't want to uh, eat certain foods because they don't like the texture or this uh. and that, and they've gone their whole life without. You know, eating bacon, or uh, just recently, our good friend Adam Hill finally made food for himself, like where he's able to like uh, just <laughs> you got grill ground beef and make a taco salad. I know he was freaking out about yeah. it too, like eggs. He hasn't made eggs. Cassie Soto, uh, our great friend over <laughs> the Review Journal, she doesn't like bacon, and it's like a th- for me, it's like, but I have no room to talk. I mean, it's no like I, room to I know talk. it's not good for you, but it's yeah. like, yeah, you sure you it's don't like pretty bacon? Pretty darn good. You know? Maybe somebody didn't make it right for you. I'm not. I don't like. I'm. 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 I'm a uh, condiment uh, guy. Like I. I don't like mayonnaise. I don't like all that. Like my burgers have to be plain. Oh, okay, nice. Period. Or or cheese. Mm-hmm. Cheese is okay. American cheese is okay. Some cheddar is fine. You know. Uh, but if I put cheese on it, then there I can't put anything like ketchup. I do like ketchup. Ketchup's fine. Uh, but it either has to be meat in the ketchup <laughs> or just plain or just with cheese. Uh, I can't mix cheeses. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, like, there's pizza places out here that put cheddar cheese on their pizzas. Yeah, I don't like, understand mix. this like, whole cheddar you, cheese thing. What are we doing thing? here? First of all, the cheese, that cheddar cheese, it like gets hard. It doesn't get soft it's when disgusting. you cook it. Yeah, and it, it, it actually, you don't really have the cheddar flavor on it either. Yeah. It just is there for looks. It's aesthetically pleasing. Come on. And I'm telling you, you're wasting your time with that cheddar cheese. Exactly. And so, uh, so yeah, I've had relationships that have ended because of, uh, even my family gets mad at me today. Like I if, think that's if, good. I, they weren't right. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if If the food comes to me at the table and it's not where I need it to be, because I'm not going to eat it if there's mayonnaise on there, if there's sour cream or whatever. You know, uh, just the other day uh, that that happened, and I had to get it. I, you know, this is what I ordered. You were all here when I said this. <laughs> By the way, I'm paying for this. Like, right. I have to argue with my kids. I'm like, just eat it. I'm like, listen, let me, let me, let me uh, t- teach you a lesson here. You're paying. Yeah. You are the paying customer. You ordered something <laughs> and made it. Uh, explicitly, completely clear. Yeah, you made it detailed of how you like, want it because they ask you a million times. You want it medium? Why do you want to well, cook this and that? And I, you know, I got to think too um, <laughs> with our waiter and waitresses, waitress friends out there who take the order without writing it down, 
or any sort of instrument to record what has being what was said because I have some I have some you know some things like we got to get stuff. To, yeah. I need some things to get squared away <laughs> before you leave my table and go to the kitchen and communicate now uh, what exactly I said my my you know uh, preferences and whatnot to the cook uh, because some invariably even when they write it down. Uh, There's going to be things missing. Something right? is going to be, uh, you know, uh, mixed up. That's why you're Chick- not as Chick Fil A is great. Chick Fil A is great. I have never had a bad like drive-through <laughs> experience. They get it right. Well, they, they're all about details. There. Oh my gosh, you got to respect that. Yeah. You have to respect the details and the diligence, <laughs> and not you know opening up you know the 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 chicken sandwich or whatever it is that you got and seeing something. That you didn't want and 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 made clear. Do not put this on my sandwich. Uh, so I so shout out to Chick Fil A <laughs> yeah, right. for being really diligent. That some of you others mm, not so good. Uh, that's why they have to take Sundays off so they can you know they can rest their hands. There you, you go. Know? There but you yeah, go. I know what you mean. Like when somebody is not writing it down, I worry because now I'm like oh, I know this is going to be jacked up. I just know it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to have like the wrong order, or right. everything's going to be all mushed together, and it's not how I need it to be. Yes. So it's like I I often wonder like Are you sure? Do you got it? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I, I asked two or three times sometimes. I yeah. did say plain right. I did. <laughs> I always put it on me. I don't put it on you. Like That's I'll great. I'll say yeah. hey, I, just a reminder <laughs> for me for my own. I did say plain, right? I just said meat and cheese. Yes, you said it eight times, by the way. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was uh, on. Uh, I was at the uh, airport in Mobile, Alabama, right after the Senior Bowl, right? So small little air, uh, airport, and there's really just one little place where you can get something to eat. There's oh, usually man. a long line, and a lot of times during the Senior Bowl, it's going to be – you're going to see all kinds of players, right? Well, the, the, the thing about the Senior Bowl, for anybody, that, that, like, there's no direct flights in an automobile. Yes. So you have to, like, always do these little hoppers in and out. So I love these horror stories that come out of Mobile. This so, is wonderful. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I'm in line, you know, uh, behind, obviously, some football players. Um, and so one guy who's now in the NFL, because this is just a couple years ago. There's a guy in the NFL. I don't. I didn't recognize who who it was, but he and I shared a moment. I'm going to tell you this right now. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. So it's a little diner that you order and everything like that. And this is the other part of having the condiment thing going on. Uh, you all you will always get ridiculed by people. Everyone will. Why are you? What a burger plant? Why would you even have the burger? You know, like, it's like, <laughs> like hey man, this is what I like. I don't. Yeah. I'm not telling you. What mayonnaise or whatever special sauce that's discussed, you know? So, so I I got my thing. I don't I don't you know uh, get on you. Don't do it on me. So this guy, um, you know, makes his order and it's completely like me. You like so I'm hearing this. I'm not trying to eavesdrop or anything like that, but I'm hearing this, you know. And I'm like, wow, that's that that sounds familiar. And of course, his friends that were there with him, other players, are just giving him the business oh, about yeah. this. And he's just like trying to defend himself. Like, what you know? If the burger's good enough, why do you need anything else? If you make the dang burger good enough, I don't need everything else. I like the burger. <laughs> I like the burger. That's just it. Like this. You know, so the uh, burger's juicy. I'm going to get plenty of uh, so moisture out of it. <laughs> his friends could not understand this. They could not understand this concept, and and they were going in on him. And finally, you know, he's got this look, and he looks over, and I'm looking at him. We catch eyes. Oh, Clay. that's beautiful. And I was like. Yeah, I gave him the nod of approval. He's like, see, and he, it was like he said it. it was like kind of a whisper too, right? Am I right? I'm like, you're absolutely right, man. So he's, he's like, for Thank acknowledgement, you. yes. And fortunately, I was there in support, like four people into you know behind him and so. But I heard the whole thing, and I gave him that reassuring look, like. 
I'm with you, man. Like we're we're we're, and he's like, "Thank you, man. Thank you." So uh, it's the natural order of things. You don't have to do it just because the crowd says right, so. Right. And you know what? In July Fourth is right around the corner, and people are going to do this bullying thing where if you get a dog or a bratwurst, yes, uh, you have to have mustard on it. No, Why? No. Why are these universal rules so yes. strong? Just yes, people like, are very, very. Um, oh yeah. Uh, protective of how they do their, you know, what they put on their burger or their hot dog or whatever. But it's like they alone, they only yes. know how to do it. You and know, that's like you, great. Right? Like, okay, you, you, know, you, you can have your mustard, but look, I kind of like a, a dog, like, by itself, like, when it's made right, like, I don't need all the other stuff on it. Well, you gotta have something. So if I choose ketchup, next thing you know, I'm a pariah. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, now I'm going to be bullied and made a you know a, an example of in the line, and I just wanted to like get my dog and move on right. with my life. I, I, I went through that yesterday, and I bit my tongue. Like I have the um, the, the discipline to bite my tongue because uh, the other day I made um, what was it Sunday? I guess it was. I made uh, Italian peppers and sausages. Oh, that's great! All right? You know, yeah. like that's that's a, that's a hell of a sandwich right there. And you don't need anything, man. You just need the sausage, the peppers, some sweet onions, uh, some sweet peppers, sweet sausages. By the way, um, yeah, and everything. A, and a nice roll. You got to oh, have a nice roll and everything. Nice like that. But roll, if you sure. do, you do your. It's magic. Yeah. It's magically. So we have leftovers. I come home yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm I'm smelling spicy mustard, Clay. Oh boy, that stands out I'm too. Spicing, yeah. I'm like, and I look over there, and sure enough, my wife had made a uh, sausage sandwich. She puts this is an Ooh. Italian sausage. This wasn't a brat. We do brats. She's from Wisconsin, so we're we're on the brat thing. And I get spicy sausage, spicy mustard, even though I don't do it on a brat. That makes sense to me. Yeah, people like the brown mustard, the Dijon, however yes, it works but out, on the green stuff. sausage. I know, it's already been made perfectly. Yes, you don't, you know, So, I, but I didn't, I wasn't, I was not in the mood for an argument. I was not in the mood for anything, so I just let that one pass. Couples that pass. sausage together stay together. Yes, <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, these are life lessons. That's how you keep, you know, uh, the, the home front happy. Yes. And you're like, I'm going to pick my battles because one day she's going to help me with the snake in the bathroom. Right, which she did, <laughs> even though she kind of uh, ridiculed me for my... I, I'm not saying, you know, my courage was up today, and I was the one that took... I had no neutralized that snake, by the yeah. way. Yeah. It was me that put it in a daze. I don't know if it lived <laughs> yeah. or died, but it was definitely like... <laughs> What the hell just happened? I'm over here having the time of my life. Next thing you know, my bell is ringing. So um, you went I, to action like the dad, I, the father. I, yeah. The, thank God, my my I had a a, a, a shoe nearby, <laughs> and that became my weapon of choice. Um, oh, and, that, it, and it served its purpose without question. That you know? snake has another thing coming if it's coming back to the yes, in your house. It, 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 it either <laughs> has learned its lesson, or right now it's regrouping and yeah. plotting. <laughs> <laughs> plotting its next move <laughs> to get back at me. Um, so we don't know. Well, he's probably sitting there right now with the rest of the snakes going, you know, he thinks he's so big. Right. But you know what? Uh, you know what? We, we know there's weaknesses over there because they put spicy mustard on the right. sausage and peppers after it's already been cooked. And it's the sweet sausage, not the spicy exactly. sausage. Exactly. Exactly. All so. right. Let's take a break. We'll come back because <laughs> we're out of time. We got to go. We got to hit the commercial break. Vinny and Clay here on your Funk Tuesday. We have uh, some texts that came over from yesterday that we wanted to get to about the offensive line. Vinny wrote this uh, uh, great projection up at VegasNation.com about the the 53-man roster, and there were a lot of uh, varying thoughts on the offensive line. We couldn't get it all yesterday, but we come back with it next. 
Now back to the morning tailgate with Clay Baker on RNR 920 AM. Be part of the show. Text us on the Salmon Ash text line. Text the keyword RNR followed by your message to 69187. Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate on RNR 920. Vinny Bonsignor, Clay Baker, and you. Heidi will be back later in the week. Uh, we, we wanted to get some thoughts here, and we'll take some calls as well. Jason Fitz is going to join us at 8 o'clock from ESPN. But uh, when Vinny put out his story on the 53-man roster projections, uh, we had a lot of uh, uh, comments on the offensive line. First of all, let's talk about some of the guys that you you you, you wanted to make sure that were going to remain on that list as far as like those who you feel are going to stick around and, and see the beginning of the season. Obviously, I think there's going to be some guys like you know Colton Miller, no doubt. Andre James, no doubt. But what about other guys? Like, how do you feel like this is going to work out? Because they brought in a lot of competition, and they wanted to see a lot of different things from these cats. Yeah, uh, they they did, and uh, obviously they they, they kind of had to. Um, the offensive line was not very good uh, last year. It ranked among the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Colton Miller, um, steadying force at left tackle, one of the better left tackles in the game uh, now, and uh, that that's a good thing. I thought Andre James sort of turned a corner um, at center. Uh, it was a slow start for him. That was kind of expected. He had never started a season in the NFL at center before. He's pretty uh, good. College tackle. Um, mm-hmm. Spent two years uh, developing uh, as an undrafted free agent. Um, finally took over last year at, at center. And um, slow start, but strong finish. You like to see that. Uh, John Simpson at guard. Um, pressed into duty uh, because of you know Richie Incognito's training camp injury. Um the the if you're looking at Pro Football Focus and things like that, it wasn't a great year, obviously, for John Simpson, but right. got a lot of experience um, and is right now the incumbent at left guard. We'll see if he's able to hold off a Dylan Parham, perhaps, okay. uh, for that starting job. Um, it gets a little murky. It gets a little murky. Sure. Over uh, to the right of Andre James, um, and a lot of that has to do with Alex Leatherwood at right tackle, or not. Uh, maybe he's the right guard. Um, we don't know. Um, it looked like it definitely it did, didn't look like he's definitely getting a fair opportunity to win back um, the right tackle job. I think the Raiders are keeping their fingers crossed that that's exactly what he does in an emphatic way. Um, because if he does, it certainly helps. I mean, it, it really solves a big issue uh, over at right tackle. And then you can figure out right guard. Is it Dylan Parham? Uh, if he's, um, then a lot of that has to do with whether or not he's healthy. We saw um, Lester Cotton uh, get a lot of snaps uh, at right guard uh, with the starting unit because Denzel wasn't out there during OTAs and minicamp. Uh, but here's what I'll just read off what I have for the offensive line um, Colton Miller, okay. Alex Leatherwood, Brandon Parker uh, as the swing tackle. Uh, mm-hmm. Thayer Munford, um, the, uh, the uh, uh, rookie from Ohio State. Cool. Uh, tackle and guard. John Simpson, Denzel Good, Dylan Parham, Lester Cotton, Alex Bars, really like his versatility, uh, can play all across the offensive line. I know that uh, um, you know uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Carmen Brasillo, um, they all uh, appreciate versatility. There's not anyone more versatile uh, than, than Alex Bars and has some experience as well uh, in the NFL. And then Andre James uh, uh, as a center. So 
theoretically you have two backup centers if something were to happen to Andre James and Dylan Barham uh, and Alex Bars. That's why I like uh, Bar keeping mm-hmm. Bars on the team, um, and he can fluctuate between any of the uh, offensive line positions. But that's how I have it. The comment that I wrote. Uh, the Raiders have some big decisions to make here, including the possibility of signing or trading for a veteran to bolster either tackle or guard. Jermaine Illuminar, uh, obviously, uh, wasn't on that list. Uh, could be factor in, and the health of Good will play into some of the final decisions. But if mm-hmm. Good is healthy, and with Cotton making a big push in minicamp, the Raiders could opt to keep Cotton and the versatile bars on the final roster uh, at the expense of Illuminar. The big question is where Leatherwood ultimately ends up between guard and tackle and whether Parham pushes for a starting role as a rookie. Uh, so that's uh, how I have it. That's 10, right? One, mm-hmm. two, three, 10 offensive linemen. Uh, that's that's might be one more than they end up keeping. Um, I have them with only two quarterbacks, so that could be somewhere where the Raiders go. Uh, if they want to keep a third uh, quarterback, you know, maybe they they uh, take somebody off the list that I have uh, at, at offensive line. So, uh, so there's that's that's who I've got. Um, but I wouldn't be ruling out uh, at all uh, an addition at some point. You no, know, I, I I think you're right, and I think the point of emphasis is that they really want to make sure they get it right. They want to marry as many guys in for competition, see who they have, because I think last year they um, they kind of like let it go a little bit. They I think they knew that there was going to be points of of concern, but they didn't really prepare for it. Well, I you can't know? say that they didn't. I, I got to push back on that a little bit. There's only there's only so much preparing that they can do. All right, uh, they 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 had to find money, cash. To be able to make the defensive additions that they did, absolutely, yep. So where they went to find that cash was the veteran offensive line: Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, Trent Brown. Oh yeah, all three of them were traded. Was that a calculated risk? Obviously, but well, from fifty million to they had to slash that budget. To, they yeah. had to, yeah, they had to. They, that's where they went to find the money uh, to get the money, and so there was obviously going to be a uh, transition there. Uh, but but they felt comfortable after first cutting Richie Incognito and then bringing him back at a uh, Mm -hmm. completely reduced uh, number and Denzel Good at right guard, they were going to have two stabilizing forces in the interior of the offensive line uh, to really protect. They knew that Alex Leatherwood, obviously, after drafting him, was going to be the right tackle. And then also, but also Andre James, the young center. They felt like they had a protection plan in place. Brandon Parker then was going to be the um, you know rotating guard. John Simpson was going to be a backup. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. Um, and uh, who am I missing? Somebody? Um, they're they're I, trying to remember who else uh, was on the roster at that point. But they did have you know John Simpson was going to be a guy that hey d- keep developing him. Um, hopefully he'll be ready uh, for next year. They brought in uh, Nick. Um, uh, oh yeah, that's right, Nick Martin. Nick Martin mm-hmm. uh, as the backup guard also yeah. and center. So they did have a plan. It just didn't work. And then you know when when you the, the injuries that they suffered, um, you know with uh, with Incognito going down early in camp, and then that moved John Simpson ahead. Um, but you can't account for then Denzel Good going out either. So uh, the plan was there. It just. Once both of those injuries happen, there's only so much you can do at that point. Yeah, that's true. And um, it, when you go into the the part of the season just before the regular season and week one starts, everybody is clamoring for good offensive linemen. So it's not like they're readily available around the corner at the store. Um, you know, what other position groups like wide receiver and running back, you'll see plenty of them. But but having a offensive uh, linemen that are good, sturdy, and solid that you can rely upon. Uh, hard to find because every team wants to make sure and they keep as many as possible. On top of all of that, uh, there's no position group that I can think of. Um, 
you know, if you want to dispute it, um, you and anyone else uh, have at it. But there's no position group that that um, requires as much cohesiveness as the offensive line. Got that right. And the mm-hmm. only way you nurture that, the only way you develop that is to literally have guys playing together. So even the thought of, oh, just go get somebody um, and plug them in. You know, sometimes you have to. Obviously, circumstance dictates that. Uh, but that's always a challenge as well because now you're throwing one into a group of four, and it can really, you know, uh, affect the, um, uh, the the balance uh, and the equilibrium. And so when you're thinking about that offensive line, I think what the Raiders are really trying to do right now is that process of developing cohesi- cohesiveness and chemistry and all that uh, has been ongoing since the first day of OTAs. Um, and that's why that's one of the reasons why they have guys cross-training all over the place. They have guys that are, are left guards playing right guards just in case because you want to have guys have some familiarity of who they might be lining up next to. You know, the communication, uh, the it's talking, huge. the chemistry, mm-hmm. all of that. So, and and, and Dave Ziegler and, and Josh McDaniels has been talking about this. Look, it's not just your best five. It's your best nine, maybe your best ten. I have it at ten. Um, and, and hopefully you can keep that group intact as much as possible, practicing together, going in the classroom together, getting to know one another, um, you know, getting reps alongside each other, uh, cross-training, all of that type of thing, so that you've developed a tight, cohesive group of nine or ten. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way, um, but but that's what you're trying to do. And maybe the Raiders can catch a break this year as opposed to what's happened the last couple of years, and maybe they can avoid some injuries and right, allow this, this group to just be able mm-hmm. to play a lot of football together. It started happening, you know, after after they made the the change from uh, Illuminor to uh, Alex Leatherwood at right guard, and then put Brian and Parker uh, at right tackle. Once they did that, that group ended up playing a lot of football together. Um, I'm trying to trace back to, to, to remember any time that any of those guys missed any significant uh, amount of time. I don't think that they did. So at the very least, you had about 12 games or so, six, you know, uh, 11 games or so, where, where that group in particular was able to play a lot of football together. And, and, and hopefully that, that helps going into the second year. I agree. I think that would actually, because uh, there's, there's no other position other than offensive line where reps are so important and they got a lot of that. So at least they had that one year where they could really take a lot and maybe learn from some of the mistakes. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Raider 66 is on hold. And we'll also have Jason Fitz at 8 o'clock here on Raider Nation Radio. It's Vinny and Clay on your Funk Tuesday. Against the storm. Now back to Clay Baker with your morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Funk Tuesday here on Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate. Vinny and Clay. Jason Fitz joins us in about 10 minutes out of ESPN. But we'll time take your calls from the Realty One Group listener line at 702-365-9200. Out to Las Vegas with the chronicler of Raiders history, it's Raiders 66. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, Vinny. Good morning, Clay. How are you guys doing? Hey. I'm good. We're good. Great, thanks. Oh, good. Good. You guys are absolutely right about the offensive line. That's like the one place in pro sports where all of those guys have to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think of it. They're like a, they're like the fingers on a hand. 
if they're not working together, you can't make a fist, you can't pick things up, and you can't make a friendly hand gesture when somebody cuts you off at uh, on the freeway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's very well important. But uh, yeah, I, I called up uh, because uh, I know you guys are going to be off on Monday and uh, July Fourth. Uh, nice holiday. Yes. And it happens to be uh, Mr. Al Davis's birthday. He'd be ninety-three this year. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, back when I was uh, younger in the, the late eighties. Uh, yeah, this movie came out. It said "Born on the Fourth of July," and back then, you probably won't believe this, but I was really obsessed with the Raiders, and I thought there was a movie about Al Davis, and I thought, you know, you know, Tom Cruise, he could play a young Al Davis. Oh, so yeah. I, I went to the movie, and I was very surprised. So to this day, I do not go to movies unless I watch the trailer. I got to know what it's about. Good move. So uh, <laughs> yes, I walked out of the movie very disappointed. They wouldn't give me my money back. But uh, anyway. Al was a great guy. He was a, he was a genius by some people, and, and most great people do have an Achilles heel, you know, something they're not good at. You know, William Shakespeare couldn't write comedies. Uh, Albert Einstein, he had difficulty with French, uh, the language, not the people. And Michael Jackson, he could hit a high C, but he could not hit a major league curveball. Sure. Al Davis's Al Davis's uh, obsession with speed was uh, sometimes his downfall. But uh, I got a couple of examples. If you got a, a few minutes about mm-hmm. this, in 1964. Al went to, he traveled to Lawrence, Kansas. They had this kid playing for Kansas called the Kansas Comet, uh, Gail Sayers. He wanted to check him out. And what he found, uh, they were playing in Nebraska. What he found was uh, that Sayers broke through on this one play, and this guy, uh, safety from Nebraska, caught him and took him down. So Al looks at his coach. He says, you know, I know we're not going to be able to get Sayers, but I want the guy that caught him. (laughs) So they weren't able to uh, draft Kent McLuhan. Uh, Houston drafted him, but Al traded for him right away. He never played for uh, Houston, played for uh, the Raiders, and uh, was very good. He, he, along with Willie Brown, made up that uh, those guys that started the bump and run. They, they'd hit the receiver, and then they had the speed to recover. Oh, cool. So, it was, yeah, it was a very big thing. And then uh, back in 74, um, Ken Herrick, you guys probably know him. He's a longtime member of the, the Raiders. Sure. He was uh, at uh, Florida A&M. I wanted to time this offensive lineman. supposed to be uh, pretty good. Uh, it was Henry Lawrence. Uh, 260 yep. pounds. Wow. He ran a four six. Yeah, he ran a four six forty, and he told Al about it. And Al goes, strapped him. So they drafted him in the first round, first day of camp. Al is out there, ready to time Lawrence in the forty. <laughs> so he gets out there, <laughs> he puts the clock on him, and Lawrence runs a four nine. He is screaming at Herrick. He said, "You said he's going to run a four six. <laughs> well, Lawrence Lawrence gained fifteen pounds, uh, you know, for the program for the pro game, so he's a little bit short. And then this last one uh, could have come back to bite Al, but it didn't. Uh, in 1969, a lot of the Raider coaches and, and uh, scouts wanted to draft this uh, this young defensive end. He was tall and lanky out of University of Miami. But Mr. Davis said no. He ran a 5-140, so he did not draft Ted Hendricks. Well, after six years and four Pro Bowls, Al gave up two number ones to, 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 to get him from uh, Green Bay. And Al, I think, got the last laugh on that one because uh, Hendricks had four more Pro Bowls. He was a member of all three Super Bowl championships. And Al was the guy that inducted, uh, that uh, presented him into the Hall of Fame in 1990. And that inadvertently had a, an effect on getting Max Crosby because when uh, Mark Davis was shown the film of Max Crosby, he immediately said, he looks just like the stork. And uh, oh. Mark pushed for that, and they got uh, Max Crosby, and uh, that's uh, part of it. But Al was a great guy, had a little thing on uh, on uh, speed. But uh, you guys all have a safe and fun Fourth uh, of July holiday weekend, and go Raiders. Thanks for the time. No Thank you, 66. About it. By the way, you mentioned Ken Herrick. Yes.
Ken Herrick was a uh, huge part of the Raiders' um, coaching search for Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. He was sort of the, um, not the ringleader, but um, a, a huge asset, let's put it that way, uh, throughout all that entire process with all the interviews, uh, identifying potential candidates and everything like that. So, um, you know, you think about that and and uh, 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 that hearing that story uh, about the role that he played in some of the scouting back in the day, uh, he's still playing a role for the Raiders. You have stopwatch, will travel, yes, you know? Exactly. And uh, yeah, it, it, we were kind of talking about the executive staff last, uh, last week and you know, they, it's, it's chocked full of great experienced guys to evaluate talent from around the league and in college. So you're getting this simultaneous infinite amount of wisdom and knowledge that, uh, that makes, you know, uh, jobs easier for somebody who needs to make decisions. And, and Dave Ziegler has brought that up several times, including Josh McDaniels, like, you know, this is great having all this work, you know, that's already there for you. I don't have to do it all. And I can go to bed at night knowing that the work is getting done. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes the assets that you have, especially some of those veteran assets, uh, like Ken, um, you know, they're only as good as what, you know, how much you lean on it. And it doesn't have to be a lot, but, but, um, you know, having that as a resource uh, is something that it's it's on you to take advantage of. Mike Holmgren, Holmgren uh, I remember him telling the story about Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh had an advisory um, role with the San Francisco 49ers after okay. he had retired and everything. Like that. I want to say this is in the Terry Donahue era. Oh yeah, um, uh, with the with with the 49ers and um, and so Mike Holmgren said, "Hey, coach, you know how's it going? You know how's that role going?" He's like, "Ah, you know." He goes, my, my door is open all day. People just walk past back and forth. Nobody ever comes in and sits down and talks to me. And Mike Holmgren was like, imagine having Bill Walsh as an advisor in your building. And you don't have the foresight to go sit and talk to him and, and, and um, you know, tap into it and utilize it. That's on you. Like, that's, that's idiotic to me. And uh, he's like, you know, it, it, he goes, it broke my heart. Hearing you know, coach tell that story because he's just wasting his time in this office, and nobody's you know taking advantage of a great mind like like Bill Walsh. Oh, that is a, a shame because what you really want is you uh, you need to have guys like that in your in your building because having that kind of history helps you prevent other things that would happen because you learn from their example and you realize there's a lot of trends and cycles in this business that you can go and avoid if you just simply learn your history. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who wouldn't want to? To uh, to lean on on Bill Walsh, you know what you also need, and people uh, in general need, um, Clay. You know, what, you want to know what? That yeah, is? yep, snake bite. Yeah, you got uh, the remedies for in, snake bite. In, in addition to that, but really uh, a good uh, realty uh, agent or a real estate agent, maybe somebody who could tell you the houses to buy to avoid mm-hmm. snakes, snakes, uh, yes. and things like that. Uh, that would have come in handy for for me. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about the realty one group uh, and the asset that they can be for you, any of our listeners, whether you're buying or selling uh, your home. The realty one group here in Las Vegas, and they've been here for more than a decade understands the market, understands how transact- transaction works, the trends, um, the great neighborhoods, uh, all of that uh, type of stuff, and, and, and ways that you can maximize whether you're selling a home or uh, buying an affordable uh, a home, whatever whatever the case is. Uh, they want to be part of your story in no, ma- no matter what your objective is, uh, and they really believe that they could do this for you, and I know that they can. The Realty One Group was founded in Las Vegas and has been their home for more than 11 years. Uh, in that time, they've been opening doors Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products 
are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. Tat products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.